Welcome to the Beat Podcast. I'm MJ. With BD. And a lot of interesting things have happened around the league as the NBA Finals have ended and we've entered into the summer, which includes the draft as well as summer moves, the, the trades, the free agents moving to different teams. But, um, and obviously headlining that would be Kevin Durant's departure from the Thunder to the Warriors, the team that took him to seven games, which they actually almost beat. Uh, but before we get to that, we should talk about, since you mentioned summer trades, what do you think about the situation with Dwayne Wade and Miami? I'm pretty excited. I feel like Chris Boss, interestingly, I'm actually not surprised the same thing would happen to Kevin Love. But just like Kevin Love, for a while, people sort of wrote off Chris Bosch. And those people, you know, don't necessarily understand how the NBA works. But he had two, you know, players who demanded the ball. Yeah. So obviously he wasn't getting his shots and plays weren't being run for him. But once LeBron left, Chris Bosch just became great again. I'm not really surprised. But as far as the big news in Miami, Dwayne Wade's leaving. I'm excited because Miami Miami was a good team. They had uh, Goran Dragic. They had Goran Dragic. They also had Whiteside, who's basically a defensive all-star. He's sure. the leading shot blocker in the NBA, so that helped them. But you lose Dwayne Wade, they're not going to be good anymore. Yeah. And I'm really excited because I think he's going to fit right in in Chicago. Sure. Uh, Jimmy Butler took over where Derrick Rose left off. They're getting Rondo, who came off a good season with Sacramento, even though they didn't make the playoffs. They're getting Lopez from the Knicks. Yeah, Chicago should be a really good team. I mean, that's team. a pretty yeah. impressive team to me. Sure. I just felt like from, you know, like Dwayne Wade, not, I guess, getting enough, you know, as much money, and he did, he meant a lot to that organization because he delivered three championships and took them to, what, like five title, uh, five finals appearances since he's been there, so maybe I guess he left because he felt disrespected and shortchanged because he gave them a lot. But I guess I can kind of understand them not wanting to give him too much money because he's definitely on the decline. Not that he can't be an important asset to the team like the Bulls and help them make the playoffs and maybe even go deep. I don't know that they're, you know, good enough to beat the Cavs. Yeah, it seemed like the Miami sort of took for granted Dwayne Wade. They went ahead and signed Whiteside to a max, max contract. Yeah. And as great of a player as he is, I mean, there's only one Dwayne Wade. So I think they sort of assumed he would get on the bandwagon. And really, yeah. there's about a 7 to $10 million difference. And, you know, as crazy as this may sound, it was sort of petty. He really left because he just felt like, as, you know, BD said, he had done so much for that team that... He felt like, you know, it was his turn to get paid. Sure. And that's actually understandable. I mean, when you are one of the main pieces in the Heats, they won three championships, and he was a major piece in each of those, it's understandable that he would want to get, you know, more yeah. money. It actually reminds me of Scottie Pippen because he's a player who sacrificed a lot for the Bulls. They wouldn't have won their six championships without him. And as much criticism as he received – for the Bulls, people didn't really appreciate the fact that he wasn't really getting paid like Michael Jordan was, and yet he stuck with the Bulls. So Dwayne Wade's, on you know, his frustration is very understandable. 
he actually said he would be a heat for life. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, but honestly, I'm, I'm just excited for Chicago. Sure, I think they're going to be improved. I, if, I just wish that if, like, Pau Gasol had stayed, they would have been, they would have been stacked. But, yeah, with Brook Lopez and the rest of the guys, they should be in good position to be a... They look like they could go pretty deep in the playoffs, so we'll see. Speaking of losing Pau Gasol, it's actually interesting because the timing just wasn't great. There's actually some recent news about the New York Knicks possibly, you know, they would have gone for Dwayne Wade, but the timing was sort of off when it happened, unfortunately. And that's another team that's of amazing shape as well. And again, yeah, I'm I'm with you. You know, it's a shame they lost Pau Gasol because you keep Pau Gasol with that team, you're, you know, you're one step closer to the ring. But one thing I just got out generally out of the offseason was really a balance of powers. And I'm not saying that the Western Conference isn't the deeper conference. I'm not even saying that the Cavs won't be in the you know, finals next year. But what I will say is that there are some teams, particularly the Bulls in New York, who have gotten significantly better. And if they can live up to you know, some of that potential, they could be some great teams come playoff time. Yeah. So the Eastern Conference is definitely more competitive now than it was a few years ago. Because last year, there were a lot multiple teams that won games, you know, 50, 40 plus. And I think every team had more games that they won than lost, which so it's it's improved a lot, I think. But um, I guess we should we should talk about the biggest topic since the season ended, which was Kevin Durant moving or leaving OKC to go to the Warriors. And I don't like it too much personally. Of course, you know, like some people were saying, he has a right to go there. And, and I agree completely, you know, he has the right to make that decision. But I just don't like great players like him going to a competitor that they could beat. Oklahoma City, it's not like they were destroyed by the Warriors and had no chance of beating them. I'm sure that if he had stayed in Oklahoma City for the next three, four, five seasons, it would have been a lot of fun to watch them battle, you know, the Western Conference Finals to get to the finals. And I'm sure both teams would have would have gotten past each other multiple times and, you know, won a few titles that way. So I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, I was disappointed. They were in such good shape. Uh, the, the franchise made all the right moves. Um, they had the right coach. I actually criticized Billy Donovan just because I've seen college coaches not make it in the NBA. Maybe I came off as though I don't believe that college coaches can be good in the NBA. And that's not the case. But what I was trying to say was that it's adapting. You have to adapt. And in fact, Billy Donovan was heavily criticized during the season for some of the things he did and some of the rotations he ran. I think some of those were fair from a first-year coach uh, as far as criticism go. But one thing that makes Billy Donovan special in my eyes is his ability to adapt. He did learn the NBA game. He was able to adapt. Uh, The Thunder's gamble paid off. If I was owning a franchise, would I gamble on a college coach? Probably not. You know, I would be a little bit more conservative when I have a team with two all-stars. I would have probably gone with a tried-and-true coach. I'm going to say it again like I always do, Mark Jackson. But Billy Donovan proved that he can be a great coach in the NBA. They had a great team around him. Charles Barkley actually called him the best team in basketball. I thought Brian Adams stepped up big. He hasn't been in the league long. To me, it was disappointing just because you have a team that, in all honesty, I thought could win it next year. 
you know, right. you never know. I mean, maybe they just needed a year to a year extra to play together. So I was disappointed from that perspective. Yeah, and um, to me, it's more of the um, the the mindset that they had or that he had in thinking that maybe you know I can't beat this team and I want to go join them so that we can be a super team and win lots of championships. I just don't like that. You know, the the younger generation of players is doing things like that. I think that uh, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN, you know, he was also obviously disappointed. I think he made a, a good point. He said it's it's not like LeBron's situation, but I think it's it's worse because, you know, LeBron, his teams, they were good teams, but they weren't one game away from the finals. They were, you know, having a hard time getting past Boston and um, the Magic. Mm-hmm in the second and third round, but this team was 3-1 series lead and you were one game away from the finals. And if they had made it, who knows if they would have won or not. I, I would have put them as the favorites. It could have gone either way. So who, who said that they couldn't beat the Warriors the next year, like MJ said? And it's just like that, like we discussed earlier, when you look at some of the older guys, like the bad boy Pistons, yep. we talked about this. We think that one of the most competitive times ever in the NBA was during the the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 80s, it was sacrilege. You were a Celtic. You didn't join the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, how you would know you, what I mean? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you were a fan in the you know, in that era, how bad would it have looked if you know Isaiah Thomas, after getting beat two years in a row by the Celtics, and you just you know your contract ends and you leave and you join that team? that you can win a title teams didn't do that back then and superstars didn't join their enemy if you will right for instance you know i respect carl malone yeah he joined the lakers when his the utah jazz had no chance of winning the title you know that era was over sure he gave his all to his franchise and he lost his team lost to the great michael jordan you know i don't look down on carl malone in fact uh I have a lot of respect for him. He was loyal to the Jazz. He was a Jazz, you know, through the good times and the bad. And For me, again, just to get back to um, the Pistons, it took them multiple shots in the playoffs to beat the better team. And what they did every year, and Isaiah Thomas, right, he improved him and Lambeer and the other core guys. They improved. They made trades yeah. to, you know, to tinker with the team and they said to themselves we're going to beat these guys we as a group and they finally did it they met the lakers and they lost to the lakers and then the following year they also beat the lakers and they won their championship to me that's fun to watch like i like i like watching a team i like watching that team trying to overcome that obstacle and finally doing it whether it's the detroit pistons in the in the 80s or whether it's the chicago bulls between the 80s and the early 90s. During that same era, though, when finally the Pistons were able to dethrone the Celtics as the best team in the East, and then when they finally beat the Lakers, yeah, in 89, the Pistons, they swept the Lakers, and they became the best team. And now the up-and-coming Bulls, they had to get past Pistons, and the, the Pistons had already beaten them once or twice in the playoffs. You didn't see Michael Jordan say, wow, this team with the Jordan rules is playing so physical, why don't I join them? They've already won a couple of titles with me on there. We'll win five or six or whatever, and I won't have any trouble. No. After that first year when he got beat, because I was just recently watching that ESPN documentary 
I think it's 30 for 30. I already watched it like three times. It's one of my favorite sports <laughs> documentaries. But, but what he said, you know, he was in the documentary too. You know, he said, he admitted, yeah, I wasn't physically strong enough to deal with that team. So he went to the gym in the off season. He got stronger and he, he made his body strong enough to be able to withstand how they were going to play against him. Then the following year when they couldn't beat him, they went after uh, Pippen and they beat them. And then after the, the Pistons won their second title, both Jordan and Pippen were ready. And in 91, they dethroned them and they became the reigning champs and they dominated the 90s. Yeah. We would have been cheated as NBA fans to see those classic moments of, you know, the bad boy Pistons. And we would miss them if Isaiah Thomas went to play with his buddy Larry Bird. He, he didn't like Larry Bird. To me, what I love about sports... And what I love about watching basketball is not really the super teams. You know, what I like is watching Michael Jordan go up against Larry Bird and the team's so good that Michael Jordan's got to take his game to another level. Right. He's going to do things that we've never seen before and his competitive spirit is so strong, you know, that's what he wants to do. You know, on another note, this is, but just saying, the Warriors are going to lose five players because of this move. They're going to lose Bogut, their center. They're going to lose Leandro Barbosa. Barnes is out. Harrison Barnes is out. Um, two other players as well. And, you know, they still have their core. They still have most of the talent uh, that would be considered their best players. But I'm not completely sold on the Warriors yet. They're obviously going to be great. When you look at the, the, the Warriors' loss to the Cavs, Bogut went out and they lost their big man. They had lost David Lee the year before, and understandably, David Lee wanted to chase bigger mon- money and get more minutes. But, you know, you got to wonder how much would David Lee have helped him to have another seven-footer in there once Bogut got injured. All I'm saying is, you know, Durant's great. It could take more than one year to, to really seal the deal like the Miami Heat did. And, I mean, they lost five, you know, of the 15 or so players that were considered, you know, the 73-9 and nine teams. So. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to be great, but I wouldn't put it past them to need to need a year to really, you know, bind together. I don't, and, and to me, like I, I don't, I don't dislike the Warriors, and I'm, I'm, if they win next year, it's not like that. I would really hate them or anything. It's, it's just more of the thing that I don't want. I would hate to see this trend continue, of you know, some of the best players joining other good players if they're on good teams we, we talked about like you know what we were saying earlier it, it would be one thing if something happened during the series and say like russell westbrook was injured and he was going to be out for at least a year right and now you have to make the decision that okay russell westbrook's gone there's no way in hell i'm you know, we're going to be able to get back to the playoffs and be in that same position and there's no way that i can by myself beat this team maybe you know something like that or you know that russell westbrook is going to leave or something like that this upcoming season or, or whatever if like the team is somehow on the decline okay that's understandable but it isn't like you were one game away from eliminating this team. Oh yeah, I just feel like as NBA fans, we're gonna in a way be cheated out of uh, what I think would be some classic playoff, yeah, great it's disappointing playoff matchups between these two teams that are young. So you know they're gonna be good for at least another four or five years, right? I mean, it depends, of course, injury and things like that. Because you think about like, and I also made like a more modern comparison. I know we talked about you know the, during the 80s and 90s but like how how much fun is it and we'll talk later about these two icons but 
how much fun was it to watch the Lakers versus the Spurs, you know, Kobe versus Tim Duncan, you know, and their teams. I mean, they played each other in their long careers. They played against each other, I think, six times in the, in the playoffs. And that was a lot of fun to watch. I remember as a Laker fan, and it was a rivalry, but it wasn't like a nasty rivalry where they hated each other. But it was fun to watch a Spurs-Lakers playoff matchup. Yeah. Especially with both teams being good. And there were years when the Spurs won, and then they went off to win championships. And then, you know, there were years when Lakers won. If, you know, one team gave up, or a star on one team gave up and joined the other, I think would have been cheated on that. Yeah. And, it, and it means so much more, like, like we were saying earlier, that Isaiah Thomas had such a difficult time getting past the Celtics and then the Lakers and then having to contain Michael Jordan, but only winning two titles versus him joining the Celtics or whatever and winning four titles. It would mean so much less if he did that. And I think, you know, a lot of these players seem to not understand that just because you have more titles than someone, you know, it doesn't mean that you're more successful. It also depends on how you got them. I mean, would you agree that that one title in Cleveland when LeBron was didn't have a super team means more than the two titles he won with the super team in Miami? Oh, definitely. Like winning a championship is a big deal, but so I think it's a lot more of an accomplishment. Well, to, to win it and on your own terms with your own team and not having to, we don't want to be misunderstood. We're not against guys going to another team if they feel like they can't win with one. There have been a lot of players that have done that. I feel sorry for Oklahoma more than anybody because they didn't just lose Durant in this. They're going to lose Westbrook. Yeah. They're actually probably going to trade him. So, and the reason they're going to trade him is because... He's going to become a free agent, and then, and then if he leaves, they would get nothing. Yeah, they they would lose everything. That would sure. be stupid. So they're going to trade him, and it's sad because you have a good coach. You have a good supporting yeah. cast, but your two best players are gone. So, yeah, you know, you, I guess gonna... you just break up the team and start over because even they though you have, have a great, you have a great supporting cast, but that means nothing without your, you know, your two best players. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, and, and it's just that, you know, the, that idea of, you know, because if they do win next year, what a surprise. Ooh, wow. We have four superstars on one team or three, whatever, however many you want to consider superstars. Yeah, good good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, you have an all-star team playing against a regular team in the playoffs, in the finals, and you won. I always like to make bold predictions. I don't know. I, I, I think the Cavs will win again, but I like Sorry. to go against the, uh, you know, Go go against the popular answer, I guess. So, and you're right. I mean, it's not guaranteed that they're gonna win. It's just kind of like Miami. They didn't win their first year either, and they didn't win all four years. They were beaten twice in the finals. But it's this the this idea. I mean, they just steamrolled through the Eastern Conference, and no one was really able to stop them until you know, I guess Dallas and and San Antonio. But you know, it was just things were so easy for them, whereas it would mean it would have meant as it did this year like so much more if lebron had stayed and attracted another star to come to cleveland or convinced another star to come to cleveland and then winning that way and i think the same and oklahoma city wasn't even really in need of another superstar they just needed the two of them to develop to do something a little bit different maybe add one more thing to their games which is what like during that documentary, like I talked about, Michael Jordan did, he went to the gym, he became stronger. He added something new to his game. 
Same thing with Scottie Pippen. You know, the Pistons had to do that too to adjust to the Celtics of that era. So they, they would do the same thing. They say, all right, these were the defending champs. They won 73 games. We almost beat them next year. The two of us superstars can do this. We'll try to get another good player to compliment us, and we're ready to take them on and win titles. And they were only, they were one game shy of the finals. Yeah, they had, took this team to seven games. They had a 3-1 lead. They were a great team, yeah. you know, a great team. So, I mean, it's disappointing, obviously. Definitely. To me, it's more of just, I just hope it doesn't become a big trend that other stars will start to do the same if their team is good, right? I mean, like Kobe did want to be traded from the Lakers, but that was when they sucked. He didn't go when his team was good and join, you know, the following year after the Lakers were, were swept by, by Dallas. He didn't go and join Dallas yeah. and try to win a championship with them. And the other thing, too, is that he was in his prime. It's just, it would have been so fun to watch Steph Curry and, you know, in his prime versus Kevin Durant and Westbrook and those two teams going at it for years to come like we saw with the Lakers and the Spurs. So hopefully, I mean, I, I like. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Speaking of the Lakers and the Spurs. Well, yeah, we should. We'll definitely get to yeah, Tim and Kobe. But um, the, the last thing though is, I mean, I I like Kevin Durant. I was actually the Warriors were one of my favorite teams last year. I mean, obviously, I'm a Laker fan, but you know, they weren't gonna do anything in the. They weren't gonna make it to the playoffs. So I like the Warriors. Um, I guess the other good thing about them not winning is those awesome shirts that have like the i'm sure everyone's seen it it was like 73 and 9 is good but 72 and 10 just has a better ring to it or something like that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) um i wish them i wish them luck but i just i just hope i don't see more players doing this especially when they're on good teams very true yeah well and then of course the big news of this this last year it's kind of you know, we, we've been watching, I, I remember myself watching the NBA since, like, not religiously watching it in the, in the late 90s. I really started in, like, 2000, around the All-Star Game. I remember watching it as um, to the All-Star Game. So, for me, it's kind of been <clears throat> the, the players I grew up watching the most were, like, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant being the biggest names maybe a few others, but those were definitely the biggest names. And now that like pretty much all of those guys are gone, I guess Paul Pierce is still left. He was one of them, but it's like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki. And really none of those guys made it to the All-Star game last year other than Kobe. So, and now obviously he retired. So like on the All-Star, and that was one of my favorite things was to watch all those awesome players in the All-Star game and now it's just so different that really the last guy that was you know good enough to to make it and popular enough was Kobe, and now it's going to be all new every single player on the All Star game, yeah. unless like Dirk, you know, has a spectacular season. But it's just strange now to see Kobe and Tim Duncan are gone. Yeah, I always thought it was, it's strange when the greats retire because you can never replace them. Yeah. You know, Shaq was really the last great center in the league, and the 90s was so stacked with centers, you know, and he was irreplaceable, you know. You know, I remember in the 90s, I was the only, the only real regret I have in my life is pretty petty, and I never got to see Michael Jordan play live, and those games were sold out a year in advance. 
you know, as I've gotten older, I've been to NBA games, but I got to see both, you know, at different times to see Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant play. And, you know, it's something special because they're on a different playing field. They're, they're living legends, they're hall of famers. And right. both of those players were so, you know, great in their own right. And it's definitely sad to see him go. Me and BD were actually talking, uh, even though Kobe retired and he probably <laughs> doesn't probably doesn't want to do it after his long career. But it would have been cool to see him the end in Rio with the USA uh, yeah. national team. Go for gold one more time. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely sad. Uh, I, I mean, I pretty much predicted Tim Duncan would retire after this year. Uh, when Paul Gasol went to the team, I was hoping that he'd stay one more year because, I mean, that would be a definitely a deadly three-man combination to have those three big men together, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol, and Tim Duncan. But Tim Duncan actually wasn't playing a lot during the playoffs, and yeah. he, you know, it was looking like he wouldn't start if he did come back, and that's probably hard to, to live with if you're a living legend and as good as Tim Duncan is. So. It's a shame he retired, and I think certainly would have helped the Spurs if he could play one more year, but he's had a great career, and sure, the Spurs have been such a unique team because usually when you win titles, you win them in chunks, or yeah, and the Spurs have really, they've never won back-to-back, and they've had about a, a little bit more than a decade-long span where they've won well, they've, championships. Their championships spanned over three decades. Isn't Cause that they, crazy? Because they won the first one in 99. And then they won a bunch of them between 2000 and 2010. And then that last one was in the third decade. So, so as far as I know, that's they're the only team, or I guess the only, he's the only player on a team to do something like that, to span three decades. That's incredible. I think one of the reasons it happened like this, and this is just me thinking out loud, but I think because two of their best players, Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker, regularly play on the national team. Yeah. They're fatigued and more prone to injury. So I think that probably hurt the Spurs as far as why their championships are so scattered. Yeah. But they've had, they've had a hell of a run. Sure, sure. Definitely. I mean, it's one of the – and, you know, I think one of the most successful teams, you know, in the last 20 to 30 years, um, right up there with the, you know, the Bulls of the 90s and – you know, the Lakers of the 80s and in the Kobe and Shaq era. And, the, you know, the so great franchise. And, you know, Tim Duncan was obviously the most consistent player. It was the only player, you know, during that stretch that stayed the whole time because David Robinson retired in 03. And I yeah. think it was at that time that Tony Parker joined them or in 2002 or, or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, he had one hell of a career. He wasn't an outspoken guy. There wasn't a lot of news. Yeah. He just did his job. He did it really well. He was, from a professional standpoint, very classy. You know, mm-hmm. he, uh, he in, in, in that instance, he was a perfect basketball player. Sure. He wasn't known for great athleticism. He was known as Mr. Fundamental. He, had, he didn't have an ego. Uh, Greg Popovich, you know, they talk about these players more as they retire. Greg Popovich talked about how he, he used to just tear through Tim Duncan early in his career, and, and Tim Duncan would take it. And there's a lot of divas in professional sports. A lot of people don't don't like to be ripped on, don't like to be, you know, chewed out. Sure. But that just shows a lot for his character, you know, and what Tim Duncan stands for and what he is about. Right. 
And then also the fact that, you know, he and Kobe both stayed with the same team. There are very few players you can say that about, right? I mean, really, from that era, the only guys that I can think of are, you know, the two of them and then Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else. At I least, think that's it. At least as not far like as superstar, right? That, you know, I guess Tony Parker and Mano Ginobili, but they haven't retired yet. But, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's impressive. And then, you know, same thing with Kobe, you know, and of course... I guess we knew after the first, you know, month or so that this was going to be Kobe's last year. So everyone kind of celebrated him. It was a shame that, you know, Tim Duncan didn't. But I guess it's more of his personality of I just want to go into the wind quietly and, you know, just be be part of the Spurs franchise in some other way instead of having, you know, a big deal like with Kobe. But Kobe was also so much more you know, well known around the world and huge in China. Yeah. And yeah, really anywhere. So I think. Yeah, they're, they're definitely different players. And of course, you know, Kobe playing for the Lakers, you know, the biggest media market or second maybe biggest to New York, but the biggest you know media market. So obviously lots of attention. And then Tim Duncan in a smaller city, quiet, reserved. So it's pretty interesting. Sort of like their personalities. Yeah. And, and you know, there's give and take for each. Sure. On one hand, you can say, I don't want all the attention on me for my last year. But on the other hand, you can say a different you can take a different perspective. And that perspective is this is my last year to play. I know the fans, you know, really like to watch me play. So I need right. to I, sh- I need to notify them so that the people who want to get to see me play can yeah. do that before I do retire. Sure. But I think what the Spurs will do, like especially at the beginning of the season, I'm sure they're going to throw him some sort of an event, you know, the first game and all that. They'll they'll honor him a few times during the season, rightfully so, as they should, because he was an amazing player um, for the NBA. And I think there were a lot of classic matchups between, you know, him and Kobe. And one of the things we were talking about that we didn't like and a lot of other people talked about was as soon as Tim Duncan retired, you know, you know, immediately they started comparing the two of them. It's like, you know, Kobe had his time as he was retiring. They, They gave him his credit, but to Tim Duncan immediately they started comparing him so we'll save that for another time to compare the careers and it's hard because they don't play they play opposite positions yeah but they've played each other a lot in That's the playoffs true. yeah and in the regular season of course so plus now of course I think they made each other better because oh, yeah. you know you had to you had to beat the other team to to go farther in the playoffs or make it to the finals but definitely I mean I think if the Spurs weren't in the Western Conference or, you know, Tim Duncan wasn't there, you know, Lakers would have more rings and and vice versa. So it's pretty, you know, there, there definitely was a rivalry there and a really good one too. I mean, the fact that, you know, for an 11, 12 year stretch, they they played each other, I think, six times in the playoffs, which is pretty impressive. You know, they had to go past each other. And it's one of the things that we talked about earlier that we hated the fact that you know, Durant didn't stay in OKC because it would have been fun to watch the two of those teams go at it. But anyways, yeah, I mean, Tim Duncan, one of, and in my opinion, the best power forward ever. I can't think, I mean, of course there are other greats, but I can't think of anyone that's better than him that has that many rings and had, you know, consistently not missed the playoffs ever, which is amazing. I mean, six finals appearances, five championships. You know, it's it's impressive. So definitely, you know, and, and one of the, I think, in my opinion, in the top 10 best ever. 
Great player. And speaking of BD's favorite player, Kobe Kobe, <laughs> I didn't want to see him retire. And as you know, I didn't want to see him stay with the Lakers. But he was loyal to that team through good and bad. And what do you take away from that? Well, you know, same same thing. I think also the Lakers, and I know there was a lot of controversy as, as to whether or not they should have paid him as much money as they did. But I think, you know, they also saw that he was going to, if he stayed, probably you know, make them more money. I thought it was funny. They fired Byron Scott, and he's a good coach. He just didn't have a lot to work with. But And, and you know, it's understandable that they fired him because they did have the second, the, the two worst records in franchise history. Yeah. It's just really sort of a shame that he had to take over the, the team during that time. And also... Uh, he said if he knew they were going to – basically, if he knew they were going to fire him, he was going to coach a team differently Sure. because he would have played – he wouldn't have played – basically, he wouldn't have played the young, some of the young players as much and played more of the veterans. And it's sort of not fair to him because, right. you know, coaches do have pressure from management. They True. do talk on a consistent basis, and the management gives you an impression of what they want, and then you do it, and, you know, now he's, you know, fired. But – one philosophy I definitely disagree with is that basic philosophy is Kobe's old, don't give him a lot of touches, get these other players experience. I really don't buy that for a few reasons. One of the big reasons is is because these players can learn from watching Kobe. Yeah. The second reason is great players, you just don't hand them. You don't hand great players the reins to the franchise and they take over. Great players will take over the franchise and they will snap those rings from you. And when you're the Lakers, sometimes it's just unfair that they put so much pressure on some of these young players to perform who aren't ready and need more veterinship. Well, they they come into the NBA really young also, so they're not very mature and and they know they're going to be getting a lot of money and they don't sometimes don't know how to handle it. So it's something that I think the NBA has looked into because I think for like the NFL, you have to have gone through multiple years of college yeah. before you can join. So you're more mature, you're older and you've had, you have some college education, you know, for the NBA, you can only, you know, you come out of high school. Now I know that you can't anymore just straight out of high school, go into the NBA, but you only have to go to, is it one year of college, I think. And then after that you can make a decision. So you, you don't, you're just not as mature. And the way the sport of football works is different than basketball. Right. A football, your body would not be developed out of high school to go straight right. to pro. You need years of college under your right. belt. You would exactly. never make it in the pros because yeah. of the weight training. It's just a completely different beast. Sure, sure. But yeah, also that, that, you know, that time you're getting bigger and stronger, you're also aging, right? I mean, of course, you age all the time, but you know, you're, 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 your brain is developing a lot you think and make decisions differently and you, you tend to make more mature decisions and um, smarter decisions and then you can pick up on how to be a good teammate better and you know th- those types of things that I guess when you're younger it's more, it's more difficult to do that. But yeah, I mean Kobe Bryant also same as uh, Tim Duncan had an amazing career, stayed with one team, third leading scorer all time in the NBA. I think he has a lot of respect from from Michael yeah. Jordan, and um, I think they have a good relationship. And he's he's I think him and Tim Duncan are both more old school mindset. And yeah, 
so many accomplishments he's made in my opinion also in the top 10 of all time like and i think like with charles barkley it's that's probably the best category you can put them in when you get to like <laughs> below that you know it's so tough to rank oh yeah You're for the sure top three or four or five you know that changes for everyone but i think both of these guys are going to be in for in most people's opinions in the top 10 for sure kobe was uh a player i didn't like most of his career and you know was not the impersonal I always had a little bit of animosity towards him, just to be truthful, because of the Michael Jordan comparisons. And I get it from a media standpoint. That makes it exciting and everything. Right. I always just felt like not just him, but a lot of players, really before they had accomplished a lot, were being compared to somebody who has accomplished so much. But now that it's all said and done, I can certainly respect you know, all of Kobe's great accomplishments and... Sure. I think one of the criticisms of him early in his career was you're playing with arguably the best center of all time. Of course, you're going to be good. You know, teams can't double coverage you. But once Shaq left and he won two more with Gasol, he really proved to me and maybe some of the critics that, you know, he is great in his own right. And whether he's playing with another great player or not, or another top 10 player or not, yeah. He is, you know, a deadly assassin in his own right. Sure. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, during that time when, when Shaq and Kobe won their, their championships together, I mean, I remember because I, I watched the NBA then, and obviously I was a Laker fan, you know, Kobe was the one that had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. You know, if, if anyone remembers that, that famous alley-oop to Shaq, right? Oh, yeah. That, when they, that helped them start their three-peat. I mean, it was no accident that Kobe was the one with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. And he didn't, he didn't develop his reputation for being, you know, a good clutch player after Shaq left, right? Yeah. He already had developed it even while Shaq was there. Because, I mean, I remember the hacker Shaq was no... <laughs> there was a reason why I hated watching, as a Lakers fan, Shaq taking free throw shots. <laughs> you know, so Shaq was a liability to hold the, hand, the ball in his hands in the last, in the last two minutes. So, of course, Shaq was the better player of the two at that point. But, you know, Kobe was also important. And they, there's no way that they win any of those titles without Kobe then either. And, um, I, yeah, I just always remember, you know, Kobe or Fisher handling the ball at the end of the games, especially Kobe. Um, because if you foul him, there's an 80% chance he'll make the free throws. Whereas Shaq is only like 51% chance or 49 depending on, you know, the series that he's going to hit a free throw. But yeah, um, both of those guys is gonna it's gonna be strange, not oh, seeing yeah. either one of them next season, and um, yeah, it's gonna be weird. I think for both Spurs and Lakers fans. But yeah, I mean, both of them had incredible careers, and I think, like we said, are some of the best players of all time, and definitely two of the most successful players of all time. It's always a shame when players retire. You sort of know when it's going to happen. Like, I'm sure Kevin Garnett's right around the corner. As well, Amano Ginobili, I think, is probably going to do one more year. But Maybe Dirk Nowitzki also. Exactly. And it's, it's really a shame because it's just, I don't know, there's just such good talents to lose them in right. professional basketball and what they bring to the game. But I really enjoyed Kobe's last season. Uh, they really weren't playing for anything because they weren't going to be a good team with the roster that they had. But Kobe made it exciting and... I always thought he got a little bit of unfair treatment just because he was his first year back from injury. 
Right. And if he's not 100% amazing, everybody says, well, it's because he's old, it's because of this, it's because of that, because we're real cynical. But personally, I felt like Kobe Bryant left the game still being able to play. And it's really interesting how we as fans and the media look through things through certain lenses. And what I mean by that is if Kobe Bryant scores 30 on the Lakers, it's not a big deal. But if he was on the Clippers or another team, they would say, you know, Kobe's back. He's doing amazing. So a lot of it's about perspective. I remember Grant Hill, who's a great player, but the majority of his, his career was plagued with injuries and people told him to retire. He finally had some good seasons towards the end of the career with the Phoenix Suns. But of course, they weren't a good team at that time. So, you know, it wasn't newsworthy. But yeah, I mean, it was just a blast watching them their final seasons. And, you know, next time what we should talk about is this is just a little bit personally, not that it's a good thing of me to be like this, but I get a little bit of satisfaction from Houston not doing so great. I just didn't like, I guess, the way that Dwight Howard and how he left the Lakers. I feel a little bit of justice for, and, I, and I, to be honest, if you remember, I called it. I was just, I was happy to see that they fell apart. Not that that's a good thing of me, but you know, like in sports, when, <laughs> when someone leaves your team like that, and you know, it's kind of nice to get a little bit of validation. <laughs> but we can also discuss, I guess, what happened with Houston and how one season they were incredible and they were title contender, which I hated, and then the next season they just were horrible yeah and just got destroyed in the first round um and how how that happened and then i guess we can talk about dwight howard how he'll do in atlanta and then what what houston's gonna do because i mean you say what you want but dwight howard is still a great player yeah and it's gonna be you know houston is not better off without him unless they of course can replace him with a good player but if he was like some say causing team chemistry issues then of course it was good to get rid of them, but but maybe we should you know we'll definitely have to mention that. All right, thanks for uh, tuning in. I'm MJ with BD. Peace. See ya.